get it, but for all of my TikTok girlies out there, she is described as coquette. She's the original coquette girl, very Lana Del Rey, if you will. Hello, and welcome to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gerand, and I'll be giving you my honest thoughts on the books I read. While the reviews will be short and to the point, they'll include everything you want to know without any spoilers to help you figure out what you should read next. So with that said, let's jump right in. So as you'll see from the title of this episode, today we're talking about Sleepy Hollow, the infamous Halloween story perfect for October. Do you know the legend of Sleepy Hollow? I have seen the movie Sleepy Hollow a hundred years ago. Okay. A hundred at least okay. i want to be accurate okay i just know something about a pumpkin head and a horse kind of sort of so i do like to give a little bit of a contextual knowledge to this just for background i think it's good to know just so we walk away with something of substance from these episodes so the legend of sleepy hollow is a short story and it was written by washington irving do you know who that is no okay He's a famous American author of the early 19th century. And he also wrote the story of Rip Van Winkle. So he's sort of like a Victorian era author. And the Victorian era of literature is defined by typically stories or depictions of everyday people, hard lives, and moral lessons to stories. Keep that in the back of your mind. So again, this book is a short story. It was published in 1820 and it is a part of a larger collection or from a book that has like 34 short stories or essays in it. And I think something important to note is like at this time, you know, like the early 1800s, this was kind of the era of like Edgar Allan Poe or like spiritualism, seances, mediums and things like that. So dark shit. Yeah, and like the paranormal was like very prevalent in everyday society. People were very interested in ghosts and ghost stories and things like that. They all were just goths. Everybody was a goth, yes, exactly. Bring bring back goths. <laughs> so that is sort of the context for this story. So this story opens with a note that apparently this story we're about to learn was found on the body of a deceased man named Diedrich Knickerbocker. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. You're welcome. <laughs> He's from Hessen. Mm, okay, so it's interesting you say that because this story does revolve around like Dutch immigrants, actually. He's probably some descendant of some Dutch settlers, colonizers. Mm. Anyway, so we know that this story that we're about to hear was found on amongst all these papers of this deceased man named Diedrich Knickerbocker. And the story I'm about to tell you took place 30 years prior in the year of 1790. So Sleepy Hollow, we learn right away, it opens with Sleepy Hollow being located east of the Hudson. And it's a part of like a larger farming community called Terrytown. And it was settled by the Dutch like I mentioned, farming community, and it is a beautiful part of the country, but apparently it's haunted. And people say that it has a very drowsy vibe, but it's also a sort of dreamy influence that hangs over it. And in terms of it being haunted, people kind of say they're like, it was either 
Like there's all these rumors. So people are like, it was bewitched by a high German doctor or there was this old Native American chief who used to live here and hold council meetings here. But like, you know, there's all these rumors that swirl about as to why it's haunted. And the reason we know it's haunted is because all of the inhabitants of Sleepy Hollow typically suffer from visions or they see strange sights, they hear music, they hear voices. And apparently Sleepy Hollow is the place where there are more shooting stars and meteors than anywhere else in the country. But the main reason it's haunted, the biggest reason it's haunted is because it's the most dominant thing is that there is a headless horseman who rides around on his horse that people see. Some say that it's a trooper who was a part of the Revolutionary War, and they say that he lost his head because a cannonball like hit his head and like flew off. Um, and the reason that he rides around is because he's like reenacting the war. Nobody really knows, but they do know that every day at dawn or like right at the break of dawn, he returns to the churchyard where he was buried. So enter our main character. His name is Ichabod Crane. And something that kind of like adds to the story that you should know, and I think it adds to like watching the movie or something, is that he is an outsider. You have all of these Dutch settlers. They're all very much part of this, you know, Dutch descendant community. They all know each other. They're all descendants, whatever. And he is an outsider who comes into the fold. He's from Connecticut. And his physical description is that he's like extremely tall, extremely lanky, narrow shoulders, long arms, long legs. And he has these like big feet, small head, big nose, big ears, big green, glassy green eyes. And I actually had the thought that I was like, you know what? We were robbed. We should have had a Sleepy Hollow with Adrian Brody. Yeah, that could have worked. It, it's the perfect casting. It fits the description perfectly. We were robbed of an Adrian Brody, Ichabod Crane iteration. Well, write a letter. I will. Somebody built a fucking time machine. So anyway, so Ichabod Crane, he also has like, he's so, so skinny, but he has like a massive appetite, which kind of adds to his quirkiness. He is a school teacher. So he's apparently sent by like the Union because, you know, there was like the Revolutionary War. As a part of the Union, apparently they like... I didn't look into whether this is historically accurate. I'm assuming it is. But essentially, they like employed certain people like Ichabod Crane, who would be a school teacher to go into these certain communities and work as a school teacher. Uh, The thing is, though, is that, okay, so he is a good teacher. He's like a little bit strict, but he's a good teacher. He tends to like punish the bullies and help out the, the outcasts or whatever, the weaker kids. But the school teacher's salary, also under the union oversight or whatever, is not a lot of money so as a way to supplement his income he does other things like helping out the local farmers he also teaches singing and things like that but something he loves to do is he loves ghost stories he loves the supernatural the paranormal so he loves to gossip with all the moms who have all the hot gossip about all the like ghost stories and stuff which is funny though because he loves hearing about it loves talking about it but he also gets like kind of spooked at night whenever he's like walking home alone So as he's like doing his thing in this community and he's being like pretty extroverted, like I always thought Ichabod Crane was like a very introverted dude, but as he's doing his thing, he ends up seeing Katrina Von Tassel and he's like, who are you? And she is the daughter of this like really rich farmer and she's the only daughter. So he's like, not only are you smoking hot, 
but you're also the only beneficiary of this rich farmer. So he's like, I'm going to court your ass. Talk about a package deal. Yeah. And he describes her fashion. This is not for you. You're not going to get it. But for all of my TikTok girlies out there, she is described as coquette. She's the original coquette girl. Very Lana Del Rey, if you will. And so one of the ways he also describes her, she wears like a mixture of like old clothes mixed with modern clothes. She's just like super hot. And she wears these like short little like petticoats that like shows off her ankles. (laughs) Very racy for the 1800s. Um, So she's gorgeous. The problem is, though, is that she is already being courted, though, by this jock, this meathead named Abraham Von Brunt, who is also known as by like the nickname of Brombones. We're going to call him Brombones. He's a meathead. He's a jock. He's described as like really strong. He has like dark curly hair, you know. His horse is like always outside of like Katrina's house and stuff, like courting her. And so most other men in the community would be put off by that. They're like, oh, damn, like Brombones is courting her. Like I'm out of the running. But Ichabod will not be deterred and like doesn't care. So he comes up with the idea where he's like, you know what I'm going to do is (laughs) he goes low, I go lower. And so basically he's like, I'm going to give Katrina private singing lessons two times a week, private, one-on-one. Not even her parents are there. We're alone. We can talk. We can hang out. And so Brom learns about this, gets so pissed off that he breaks into Ichabod's schoolhouse and him and all his like cronies like turn all the furniture upside down. Ooh. And then he stuffs up the chimney so that it'll like fill with smoke if they try and like light a fire. And then he, as his like final thing, he trains a dog to howl every time Ichabod is singing and then like gifts it to Katrina. So anyways, he's just out for blood with Ichabod. And so that little like, you know, tension between the two of them is going on. But one day Ichabod and everybody else in this community gets an invite to a party at the Von Tassel farm. And he's like, say less literally lets his kids out of school early that day goes home gets all like gussied up he borrows a horse from his neighbor called gunpowder and this horse is so cute this poor little horse is blind in one eye it's like an old plow horse for like farming so he's like very scruffy very grumpy a little bit raggedy but he rides this horse gunpowder to the party party is already in full swing Brahm is already there with his horse called Daredevil, this like very strong and fast horse or whatever. But anyways, he puts his horse outside, goes in. He's having a grand old time. He's eating all the food because he has a big appetite, remember? And he starts dancing with Katrina. You know, they're doing the, I don't know, what's the dance move? The shimmy, the hopscotch, the whatever. And Brahm is watching them dance and he's getting so fucking pissed off. So the party goes on, but then it starts to wind down. And at the end of the party, basically, it's just like Katrina, Brahm, Ichabod, and then some of like the dads and all the dads are just like telling their like war stories and stuff. And so that eventually leads to everybody telling like ghost stories and paranormal stories because again, it's Sleepy Hollow, right? So Brahm ends up telling his ghost story, which is just like, you know, super impressive. It's, it's something, it's a story Brahm Bones would tell where basically he says he's like, he got allegedly got into a race with the headless horseman recently he's oh we were racing and i was about to win 
but dawn was about to break and as soon as he went over the bridge to the graveyard he like went up in flames or whatever but i was gonna win right so then ichabod tells his story which is much more modest but it's true and you know whatever and then he ends up talking about like his you know experience in sleepy hollow the nightly walks he goes on you know whatever and so that concludes that the party really is ending for good ichabod though stays behind because he wants to talk to katrina like one-on-one he's convinced that he has won her heart basically and so he goes to talk to her one-on-one the author of this story because it's from like a third person perspective says that they don't know what was said between the two of them apparently but they do imply that katrina does reject ichabod oh yeah and then also it kind of enters the question into like the reader's mind whether like did katrina just use ichabod to make brahm jealous maybe unfortunately so ichabod is really sad and he gets back on his little horse gunpowder and he's just riding home and he's starting to get a little spooked though as to like what he's hearing from the woods and stuff because it's late at night and everything so he's kind of like urging gunpowder to like go faster and when he does that gunpowder kind of like stumbles off the road (laughs) poor little geriatric horse and when that happens all of a sudden out of like his peripheral vision he sees this rider come up alongside him and he kind of like moves over to like let him pass but the rider like isn't passing he's just like keeping pace with him so he looks and it's the headless horseman freaks out kicks it into high gear with gunpowder starts racing along as fast as this poor little dude can go and the headless horseman is like racing him or chasing him it's not really clear but all of a sudden there's the bridge to the churchyard that's coming up Mm -hmm. so ichabod is like oh thank god like he's going to you know dissolve into fire or whatever when he goes over the churchyard bridge like he's supposed to do but all of a sudden they're coming up on it and he's not disappearing and so the headless horseman throws his head at ichabod and causes him to fall to the ground so then you know screen goes black and basically all of a sudden it's the next day and all we know is that ichabod hasn't showed up to the schoolhouse kids are alone gunpowder managed to find his way home and return home but like without a saddle on him or anything and people go to the bridge and the only thing that's at the bridge is Ichabod's hat and a smashed pumpkin. And Ichabod's disappearance is really what becomes the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Rather than the Headless Horseman, it's really just his disappearance. It's so mysterious. And so all of a sudden then, you know, rumors swirl throughout Sleepy Hollow where they go. Did the Headless Horse take Ichabod Crane? Is Brom Bones behind this scaring Ichabod off? All we know is that, for a fact, Brom Bones does eventually marry Katrina. And as the story and these rumors swirl around and the years pass, Brom Bones does laugh a little bit too hard at the story, especially when it gets to the part about the pumpkin. Years and years later, there is a visitor to Sleepy Hollow that does tell the residents that, Oh no, Ichabod Crane is alive and well. He's living in Manhattan. He's a successful lawyer, politician, writer, and judge. Hmm. I don't know how that's possible. Um, And then the story does end with like a postscript, like a PS, with Diedrich Knickerbocker himself claiming that he has transcribed the entire story that you just read exactly as he heard it. He says that the storyteller was an elderly country gentleman with a good sense of humor 
And as he was telling the story, there was another elderly gentleman there with him. And this man was tall and lanky and very serious. And when the original storyteller, the first guy, finished telling the story to Diedrich, the other guy says, he's like, well, I don't understand what the moral of the story was, the tall, skinny guy. And the original storyteller says, well, it's about three lessons. The first is learning to take a joke. The second is competing with somebody that you know will win is foolish and you shouldn't do it. And the third one is that some losses in life end up leading to better opportunities in the future. So therefore, this suggests to us, the readers, that maybe Brom Bones was the original storyteller and maybe Ichabod Crane was the second tall, lanky, serious guy. Hmm. Interesting. So it's not at all like the movie. It's pretty different. They really, you know, took it and ran. But this is only, the story is only like 30 something pages. Well, I was waiting for some like, what was his name in the, in the movie? Like something, the Hesse or whatever. Well, they do say that they called him like he was maybe a Hessian soldier. Yeah. The Headless Horseman. But I didn't know. Which is interesting with like the whole Dutch thing because it like, Hessen is not Dutch. What is a Hessian soldier? I didn't know what that meant, so I didn't say it. <laughs> Well, I would assume that a Hessian soldier would be from the German army of the state Hessen, which is nowhere near the border to the Netherlands. Oh, that's why. Because, yes, so German soldiers, but they served as auxiliaries to the British army during the American Revolution. Oh, okay. So they fought on the British side. I see. Well... As with every Classics and Cocktails episode, I create a drink recipe inspired by these books. So feel free to check that out if you are of legal drinking age in your country of residence. I think that goes without saying. Is but it going to be something with pumpkin? Ooh, I don't have it yet, but it should. I don't know if I can include that if I tell people I already don't have the drink recipe yet. We're recording this very early on. You can just say, well, to find out if it has pumpkin in it. Um, well... We'll see. So to find out whether it has pumpkin in it or not, you're going to have to head over to Brutally Honest Books on Instagram and on TikTok. There's all sorts of other content there as well. So feel free to check it out. And with that said, we will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brutally Honest Books podcast. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. If you like the show, you can rate and review on iTunes, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Brutally Honest Books.